on this week's Growler Garage. We're talking NASCAR at Phoenix, first-time winner. Um, another decent race out there, but a lot of uh, things to talk about there and about what could potentially be done to make that type of track a little bit better. We'll be previewing IndyCar's first oval of the year at Texas. Uh, is it going to be like last year where it's a single groove racetrack? There's already some chatter that there's going to be some big problems with grip. We're also talking Formula One. Season kicks off this weekend. Who's the team to beat? Who's going to be a potential sleeper? What are we looking at as far as running order? Is there going to be some surprises in there? Lots to talk about there. Who had good tests? Who didn't? Let's go. Thanks for tuning in this week, guys. We got NASCAR at Phoenix to kick things off. It's another decent race. You know, Phoenix just isn't that kind of back and forth battle type track that we see with some of the other stuff. And I think the new car didn't really change much with it compared to some other tracks. We did see some really good battles, and I thought I I enjoyed it. I didn't I didn't think it was a barn burner of a race, but it was alright. Um Phoenix, I think, has really been done a disservice with the stages. Um, because I always liked the old Phoenix or just, you know, in, in pre-stages back when it was kind of had the flat dog leg and all that, it was a race that kind of stretched out, but you would see cars come and go and different pit strategies and it used to wear tires out and, and we'll get back to the tires wearing out at the asphalt ages. Um, but the stages kind of just don't allow this track to flow properly in my opinion. Um, and, and I, and I think there's some others also, but Phoenix really, I don't know. It's it's okay. It just isn't anything special. It's not a track anybody circles on their calendar and like I gotta watch Phoenix, um, which makes it questionable as to why the final race of the year is there. Um, but you know that is what it is. Um, but I thought it was a decent race. Um, the new car certainly didn't make the track any worse. I thought it made it maybe a little better than last year, but more or less the same. Um, but then what we saw is uh, a lot more of the same. The, the Chevys continue to be really fast. Um, we saw a lot of the RCR affiliated cars again towards the front. Reddick was a, again fast. Um, Austin Dillon was running in the top 10 until that last lap wreck. Um, Ross Chastain again in contention for the win. Suarez had a lot of trouble but ended up in the top 10. So like a lot of these Chevys that are, that are kind of affiliated with Richard Childress are uh, running well. Uh, and, and that's continued on for the whole season. Um, but then we saw finally the Stuart Haas cars showing some speed, um, and not just with the win, the first career win from Briscoe, uh, which he did. Uh, he was the guy to beat at the end. That, so that was cool to see him fight those guys off on that restart and just do what he needed to do. Did an excellent job uh, under pressure there. So that was that was pretty cool. He won that in convincing fashion at, at the end. But you know, Kevin Harvick was fast all day. Um, that is one of his best racetracks, potentially his best racetrack, but still, I mean, it, it shows that the, the Stuart Haas cars are quick and they're just kind of getting their momentum built up. Uh, so, you know, they were, um, it was cool to see another team running towards the front, um, and more of these guys figuring it out in addition to Penske and Hendrick who have won all the races to this point. So, um, you know, Stuart Haas now looking good. Um, I think we're going to see a lot more wins from Briscoe this year. I think he's going to be a legitimate playoff, um, guy this year meaning i don't think he's ready quite yet to contend for a championship but 
I could see him definitely making the, the top eight, maybe squeaking into the top four. And once you've done that, I mean, obviously it's at Phoenix. So if you can make the top four, I mean, he's, he would become a favorite at that point. But I, I don't see it yet. It's possible, but I don't, I don't see him being in that final four just yet. Um, you know, but then we got to talk about Ross Chastain. Um, been fast pretty much every race this year. Um, that win's coming. I think it could come um, as early as this this coming weekend in Atlanta. Um, we have no idea what to expect in Atlanta, of course, but I do think it's going to race more like a one and a half mile, a, a traditional one and a half mile track. I should say, it's not going to be a super speedway race. <laughs> you know, they're trying to sell it as one, and it just isn't. Um, I think in a perfect world, it'll end up being kind of like old Daytona, where it starts as kind of a pack race. And then over time, it starts to spread out. Um, I don't think that's going to happen either. I think this is instantly going to become basically single file. I think it'll be too wide for two or three laps. And then I think the top line is going to be just untouchable. They're going to have so much momentum built up up there that you're going to go to the bottom and not be able to do anything at all. Um, we'll see. I might be wrong, but that's what I think is going to happen. Um, but But still, I think that that it is going to develop a little bit of handling needs as the race goes on. So I do think some of those guys will be fast um, that have been fast at the intermediate tracks. So my, my pick honestly is Ross Chastain to win this weekend. I think he's uh, on a hot streak right now. And I think uh, they've got some momentum over there and uh, I think he's going to win in Atlanta. Uh, But it's anybody's guess as to how that's going to go. Real exciting weekend of racing with a lot of unknowns. Um, not only NASCAR Atlanta, but some other stuff we'll talk about in a minute with IndyCar and F1. Um, but it'll be, I, I don't think, I think this race is going to be the first snoozer of the year, personally. I think, I'd love to be wrong, um, but I just don't see it. I don't I don't see how this race can possibly be anything other than a single file uh, kind of snoozer, but we'll see. Um, I could, I, I'm wrong all the time. I'm I'm wrong about everything. So that means it'll probably be great. Um, and then, you know, moving back to last weekend, Toyota has got to be ringing the, the alarm bells right now. Those Joe Gibbs cars and the, uh, 2311 cars are just slow compared to where they're normally at. Um, they keep pulling off decent finishes, you know, like Kyle Busch finished fifth, which was a friggin' miracle. I don't know how he did that at the end. Um, but that's, that's just, the teams are still executing well. The drivers are still executing. I mean, it kind of shows the difference drivers make nowadays in, in that it's not necessarily outright speed, but it's like executing at the end of a race and being there at the end and taking a 10th place day at best and making it a fifth place. And that's what Kyle Busch did, but they're just not up front leading laps. I mean, yeah, him and Truex did have, um, you know, Vegas was basically their race. So, I mean, that was like the only race that I can recall them having speed and it's just, it's just weird. It's just weird. They got to be panicking over there just a little bit. I don't think they're full on and ringing alarm bells just yet, but they, the Toyota camp cannot be happy with how things are going this year, but um, they're too good to stay down for long. They're going to get it figured out um, here, gosh, probably in the next month at most. I think I think a Toyota's going to win a race really, really soon. Um, they're just they're just too good not to. Too many, too, too many good drivers, too many good teams. That, that'll get sorted out. Um, and then when you think about it, I mean, once the Toyotas get it figured out, that's a lot of cars, a lot of teams that are up front winning races. Um, when you talk about Hendrick, he's already got a couple wins. Penske's already got a couple wins. Um, now SHR has a win and they're looking decent. I mean, you got to figure 
that the Stuart Haas cars are going to be fast at tracks like Phoenix, places like Richmond, uh, New Hampshire. Um, heck, when we get to Gateway, I mean, that's way later in the year, but that to me is a similar track to Phoenix. So um, it'll be interesting to see if that plays out, that different tracks continue to be strong for different teams. Um, you know, like we, we saw the, the Richard Petty um, cars, or car, the 43, was fast at Auto Club but, and was okay at Vegas, and then we haven't really seen much else other than that. So is is he going to be fast when we go to Michigan? You know, was it just a, a one, two race thing where he was real fast? You know, there's no more races at Auto Club this year, so that's that's it for that. But, you know, um, is it just kind of the ebb and flow of figuring the car out, or is there an, a legitimate advantage at one type of track versus another for these cars. Um, and that'll be, that'll be fun to watch throughout the year. Um, but yeah, heading off to Atlanta this weekend, nobody knows what they nobody knows what's going to happen. So there's not really much to talk about, but if, if in case you're not aware, they repaved Atlanta, um, narrowed the corners up, but, but raised the banking. So it was already pretty high banked. And now it's really high banked, um, with a little bit of a progressive banking built in, not much, um, but it's narrower. Um, so that's, going to be uh it's going to be it's it's very unique i don't know that there's any track that's quite like there already wasn't a track quite like atlanta and now it's just differentiated itself even more um so that's uh that's going to be you know i I don't i don't know how how good that race is going to be but it's going to be interesting at least if nothing else it's going to be interesting so um you know it'll it'll be there and they're doing a i guess the double yellow rule NASCAR said, kind of like Daytona and Talladega, which is like NASCAR's version of Out of Bounds, um, where you can't go below the, the yellow line. Uh, I don't, I don't like that even at Daytona and Talladega, and I hated it for Atlanta. Um, I think that's, I don't know. I, I just don't like putting restrictions on where you can and can't drive. If you don't want to drive there, put grass there. That's what I always say. Um, you know, so they're trying their hardest to make this seem like a super speedway race, and I just. I just don't see it, but, you know, like I said, I could be completely wrong. So we'll see. Um, I'm interested at least. To, anything different is always fun. So we'll uh, we'll see what the new the new banking does uh, out there in Atlanta, Georgia. So uh, other side of the racing world, we've got IndyCar at Texas, their first oval of the year. Um, so, so Jimmy Johnson's first oval race in an IndyCar, which um, will be interesting to see i don't expect him to go out there and light the world on fire by any stretch um but he has to be competitive in my mind like if if he's not competitive at least running like mid mid backpack you know if he's out there getting lapped and uncomfortable and can't race in traffic and all that stuff like i mean that's got to just put a stop to this whole thing but i think i think he will i think he's going to be all right i think he'll you know he's not i don't think he'll even be contending for a top 10 but i think he'll be in the thick of it um the the big issue is is that texas is horrible (laughs) that track is ruined uh, with what they've done with the pj1 or whatever grip compound they put there for nascar it still hasn't worn off and indycar was terrible last year there with a single groove track that you couldn't do anything with and and from what i understand is it's gotten worse that in testing they, they said they had no grip anywhere and that they couldn't hardly drive the car around the track but but I don't know. I guess it depends on who you talk to. Because then other guys are saying that had so much grip that they that they were like their whole right side of their body is bruised up from the G forces. So is it like okay, 
Are they trying to say that there's no grip if you get even an inch off line? Or is there is it just different cars? Some guys haven't figured out and some don't. I don't know. Um, but either way, um, Texas used to be a decent race uh, in IndyCar. Uh, and it hasn't. It, it was horrible last year. Um, just a terrible, terrible race. Um, so it will be... Um, let's let's hope that they've got it that that PJ one or whatever has worn off to the extent where they can get a second groove going and do something um, because it, it, they just have to. I mean, the, can't have another one like last year. Um, so we'll see. Um, it's they got to do something with that track though, because even like NASCAR there is not good. It has has never been good in my opinion at Texas. IndyCar used to be fine and now it's junk. So I mean, what do you do if you're your Texas, I mean, you can't just tear it up and start over, but God, got to do something. That track is such a snoozer. Um, so, you know, that'll, there's a lot of things to see. This is the only warm-up for the Indy 500 as far as ovals are concerned for IndyCar. So we'll get a it's a totally different track, but we'll get a little bit of an idea of who might be um, fast, uh, you know, at, at Indy. But yeah, I don't think it really tells us much. But um, it'd be fun to see if Scott McLaughlin can uh, keep the momentum going from his win at St. Petersburg. Um, if he is, you know, contending for the win this weekend, then, you know, then you know he's, you know, a legitimate championship contender. Uh, and I and I think I think he, he'll be towards sharp. And he ran pretty good here last year. Um, so, yeah, that'll be – there's a lot there's a lot to see with Texas and IndyCar. It's still too early in the year to really know. And IndyCar is so – it's not random, but the parody is so good that you just never know from race to race who's going to be fast. <clears throat> so, you know, um, not much to really predict there because you just, it's a little bit of a crapshoot almost. I mean, you can assume who's going to be fast, but you don't know which of those fast guys is going to actually be the one to beat. So I'm um, looking forward to that one. Um, and then the big one, Formula One season kicks off at Bahrain this weekend. Testing's done. No more track time until Friday for practice. And we just have no idea. There's rumors about who's fast. There's rumors about who's slow. But we don't really know. But one thing we do know is that McLaren has got massive problems. They had a big issue with cooling the front brakes down. So I don't think they even really know how fast that car is. I don't think they were able to even hardly work on it. Um, and, and Lando Norris ran the, ran more laps than anybody, which on paper seems like, oh, okay, they, they ran a lot of laps. Well, he was the only one driving the car. Ricardo was sick. He has COVID. He'll be back for this weekend is what they say. But Norris, you know, he, he ran only a few more laps than the next highest runners, but he was the only one in the car. So they only got 200 laps for, for McLaren in general, and that's because they, they couldn't keep the front brakes cooled down from what I understand. Um, I think McLaren is, they don't have the slowest car, I don't believe, but I think they're in the worst shape right now. I think that they are going to really struggle to even bring the car home this weekend, which is not good, obviously. So if they're having to pit to cool the brakes down and, or drive slow to cool them down, I mean, that's, that's game over. No point. You're not going to get points doing that. Uh, so, I mean, McLaren, I'll be keeping a really close eye on cause that, it, ugh. I hope that they have figured out a solution. Huge brake ducts. I mean, take the drag penalty down the down the straightaways or what have you, but you got to keep those brakes cool, and obviously they know that. 
Um, so there, it'll be interesting because I don't think we have any idea how fast that car is because I don't think they've put in any laps, um, hardly any laps at full speed. So we don't, we just don't know yet. Um, as far as the rest of the field, um, you know, McLaren, we, we know is in a little bit of trouble, but the rest of them, we don't, we don't know. Um, Haas put up some really impressive lap times. Uh, of course, Kevin Magnussen gets brought out to, to replace Nikita Mezepin. So everything I said last week <laughs> about Fittipaldi being in for testing and he'll probably run race one and then they'll probably put somebody else in the car, all wrong. Every bit of my predictions was wrong. 100% incorrect. Botched it all. Um, so, um, but, but I love I love the call on bringing Kevin Magnuson back. I mean, that tells you that they wanted to keep him in the car last year, but they needed the money, which is understandable. Um, but Magnuson is a is a very excellent driver, in my opinion, and I think it's going to be really cool to see how he matches up with Mick Schumacher. Schumacher should certainly have the advantage for the first couple races. Um, I mean, Magnuson was racing last year in sports cars. Um, did a little, dabbled in IndyCar a little bit. So he's certainly, he's not going to be rusty from a driving standpoint, but Formula One's pretty different. He got a lot of laps, um, this past weekend. So I, I think he'll be fine, but there, but you know, Mick Schumacher still, he, he's got the advantage for at least the, the first round. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how Schumacher stacks up. He traditionally is not great the first year, but then really steps it up and becomes very, very good in year two, three, four, whatever. Um, so he should be doing pretty well now that he's into his second year. So, um, but Magnuson has enough experience that, um, you know, it'll be, uh, it'll be cool to see if Schumacher really has something there. Um, I think if he outperforms, uh, Magnuson throughout the year, I mean, I think that, that shows pretty well. And, and you know, that Haas, the Haas put in top of the board lap times for a couple of days. Now, I don't think it's going to go out there and be a world beater because we all know that, Testing is testing, and you can manipulate lap times to a certain extent, but you can only manipulate them so much. You know, if you're going top of the board like that, you have to have a little bit of something. You know, and and people really forget that a couple of years ago, the Haas was a solidly mid-pack team and car. It was kind of front of the mid-pack actually for a little while there, um, and then they kind of stopped developing the car in in 2020 um, with the idea that the new car was coming out in 2021. And they were focusing on that. And then COVID happened. So they ran the same car again in 2021 um, because the, the regulation uh, change got pushed back a year. So they really ran two years in a car that they knew was bad. Um, but before that, I mean, they were they were certainly not a back-of-the-pack team like they were the last couple of years. So it's really no surprise to me to see the car be mid-pack. Um, I think it's going to be a little better than that. Um, I actually think that they are going to score points regularly with the Haas. I mean, certainly, I'm kind of just talking about the beginning of the year here because development is development, and we'll see what these teams can do to develop these cars throughout the year. That's a whole different ballgame. But at least for the start of the year, I think the Haas is going to be in the points regularly. Um, I think that we are going to see a mid-pack that has an extreme amount of parity as far as one race to the next. Um, that doesn't mean that I, I don't think it's going to be like the cars are all on top of each other in any individual race. But I think from one race to the next, there isn't going to be a ton of consistency as far as who's fast and who's not, which is, I think, great to see it shake up, you know, from round to round. So I think the Haas could occasionally run more towards the front. Um, I think a podium maybe is not out of the question. I, I think that's a bit of a stretch. But I think when you talk about the races that get a little crazy with rain and uh, potentially 
some incidents or what have you, safety cars at weird times, I think the Haas may have enough pace to really pull off a surprise podium here and there. I think top fives are, are very reasonable for that car here and there. Um, but the Haas is going to be a really fun one to watch because they were so poor <laughs> the last two years um, that I think they're going to, I think they're going to be pretty, pretty fun to watch because I think anything in the points is going to be a, a big win for that team. And I think they're going to the, even out, outdo that a little bit. That said, I think the start of the year, I, I think that it's going to be Ferrari versus Red Bull. I think the Red Bull is the benchmark in that I think we kind of know what the Red Bull is going to be. Uh, and it's going to be fast. It's going to be reliable. They're going to run towards the front. And I think that they are going to be the team that at the beginning of the year is going to be consistently knocking down podiums, you know, with at least one driver to start with. Um, are they going to be winning every race? I don't think so. I think this first round, I think Ferrari may actually be the team to beat. And I think the beginning of the year, I think Ferrari may actually have the fastest car. Um, will That remains to be seen. But I, I actually believe that Ferrari will be just a tiny bit ahead of Red Bull. I think they're going to be very, very close. But I, I believe Ferrari's going to be faster. Red Bull may execute better as far as strategy and pit stops and, and doing all the things it takes to win a race. Um, but I think as far as lap time and pace is concerned, I think the Ferrari may, may be the one uh, to beat the first few rounds. But, you know, as development goes on, that will, um, that will be an ongoing storyline. But I, I do believe that Ferrari versus Red Bull is going to be a story f- really throughout the year. So then you may be asking, okay, well, where does that leave Mercedes? Well, I think Mercedes is going to be... Um, right in the thick of it, in that I think they're going to be, for the first few races at least, a very clear third fastest car. I think that they're going to be not too far behind Ferrari and Red Bull, but I think they're going to be a, a, a pretty solid line behind them. I think they're going to be a couple tenths back. Um, the car, I'm sure, will be very reliable. I'm sure they'll have very good pit stops, so I think that they will be contending for podiums, but I don't think for the first two, three races, they'll be contending for race wins. I do think Mercedes has developed a car that has a lot of performance potential in it. And I I do believe by the time we get four or five races in that the Mercedes will be getting into its stride and it will be winning races. It will have a little bit of a hole to dig out of points wise compared to the Red Bull and the Ferrari. But with theoretically three teams battling for wins, it shouldn't be as tremendous of a deficit as you might expect, if one team was just dominating going 1-2, that's, that's a lot of points to, to make up. But I think if Ferrari and Red Bull are trading wins, trading podiums, that sort of stuff, Mercedes is going to be able to claw back into it. And I think by the time we get to, say, Monaco, I think those three cars are going to be pretty equal. Um, the Ferrari, the, the Mercedes, and the Red Bull. I, and I believe that's going to be the story of the year, is those three teams uh, battling it out for a championship, which would be just incredible to see that to see six uh drivers potentially getting after it and doing that um mercedes has said that they've got a lot of issues with the car they do say that every year so that really means nothing they may have issues they may not um i i you know i i almost just ignore those articles of the team saying oh we're not fast we're not blah blah blah, blah. other teams have said that they have gps and they're showing that mercedes is not showing their full hand who knows if that's true either. Um, I, I, you kind of just can't worry about that stuff because it, it's it's all politics and it's all them playing mental games and all that stuff. So 
I do think that um, for the start of the year, I think Hamilton is going to pretty thoroughly um, dominate compared to George Russell. I think Russell may out-qualify him here and there because Russell is very, very quick. But I think Hamilton's um, sheer uh, race pace and just his ability to get everything out of tires, I, I think it's going to really show how good Hamilton really is. And, I, and it, it really kind of irritates me sometimes how underrated he is. I mean, certainly some people think he's the greatest driver who ever lived. And honestly, there's an argument to be made, I suppose, for that. Um, he's certainly the most decorated driver of all time. There's, there's no questioning that. But a lot of people also act like he's just the luckiest dude in the world. And it's just, that's just BS. Like, Hamilton is, is without question in the top tier of drivers in Formula One history. Um, and Russell is obviously young. He's fast. He has a lot of potential. Um, I think that it's going to be tough mentally for him because I don't know that he's ever gone against somebody this well I know he's never gone against anybody this good um, and I think that's gonna be very very tough um, to start the year and he's gonna need some some big runs and some big results to um, to get his his momentum and to get his confidence up and all that sort of stuff um, you know he's he's gonna he's gonna have his work cut out for him I'll put it that way uh, in addition to that, um, you know, it's, it's, it's way too early, but, um, I'm going to go ahead and, and kind of lay out what I think we're going to be looking at at the end of the season when we get to the final round and points are over and championships over way too early. Cause there's way too much racing to go, but I'm going to go ahead and throw out, go out on a limb anyways, and throw out some predictions. So my prediction here is that Verstappen is actually going to be a two-time world champion at the end of this year. I think it's going to be a good battle between himself and several others throughout the year, but I think it's going to actually come down to him and uh, Charles Leclerc um, at the end of the year. Um, I think it's not going to be anything like last year. I don't think it's going to be that close. I think Leclerc is going to still be in the the hunt in the final race, but I think it's going to be one of those deals where he's going to need a lot to go his way. He'll be like 15, 20 points back. Of Verstappen going in, and then that'll be that. So I think that'll. I think Leclerc is going to win a lot of races this year. Um, I think uh, when we get the, it'll be those two kind of battling it out. I think Hamilton's going to be in striking distance to an extent, but I think he's going to just not quite be able to make up the deficit that they're going to have fallen at the beginning of the year. Because I do think the Mercedes is going to be a little slower to start. I think Hamilton is going to be a pretty clear third. I think those three are going to pretty well separate themselves from the rest of the field. Um, but I think Hamilton's going to be in a situation with like two races to go where he's going to have to go perfect and he's going to need some help from Verstappen and Leclerc. And I don't think it's going to happen. So I think he'll be, I think he'll have a good season. I think he'll win four or five races. Um, but I, I don't see Hamilton winning number eight, at least this year. Um, obviously, it's way too early. Um, that's it. I think by the end of the year, the Mercedes is going to be the fastest car. Um, and then. Uh, so I so with that I actually think George Russell is going to be fourth in the in the drivers championship because um, I think that he's going to be very consistent in the middle to end part and I think he's going to maybe only win a couple races maybe one or two at best but I think he'll win like four or five poles um, get a lot of podiums um, and I think that he'll be the the best of the rest if you will best of the second drivers if you will. Um, I think it is going to be close, though, with some of those guys. Um, I think that he's going to be fourth. I think Carlos Sainz is going to be Sainz, sorry, is going to be fifth, um, relatively close. And then this is where it starts to get a little bit crazy. I think the midfield. So 
Um, I'll start by saying that I am a big fan of Sergio Perez. I think he's great. Um, I think that what's going to happen is he's going to start sacrificing his season as it goes on to help Verstappen. Um, and because of that, I actually am going to put him behind Esteban Ocon, who I think is going to have a breakout year in the Alpine. I think that that car is going to be very good starting in kind of the middle part of the year. I think they'll be they'll be okay the beginning part, but I think he'll be just clicking off podiums left and right by the end of the year. Um, along with it, I think what we're going to see is Alonso um, is going to be less consistent, so I think he's going to finish behind Ocon, but I think Alonso's finally going to get another win this year. Um, and I think this will end up being his final year. I think they'll they'll put somebody else in that car next year, but I think this is going to be it for Alonso, and he'll finally get that win. I don't know where it will be, but I think it'll finally give him that chance to kind of just check that off the list and, and ride off into the sunset. Um, but I think that Alpine is going to be a dark horse this year. I think it's going to be really good. So uh, sandwiched in between the, them, I think, will be Perez. I think that he's going to start the year off fine. He's going to be fast, but I, I think he's just going to end up needing to help Verstappen win that championship. And I think he's going to do... He's a more of a clear number two than, than Carlos Sainz is over at Ferrari. And I think that's going to end up being the difference maker, um, both in driver's championship and potentially constructor. I think constructor is going to be very, very tight because of that. So that, that'll end up playing a big role, you know, because they're not going to sacrifice them too much, you know, if the constructors is real tight. So like I said, these are just my off the wall harebrained ideas here. So I think the Alpines will be fifth and seventh, uh, excuse me, sixth and eighth. So it'll be uh, Ocon in, in sixth, Perez in seventh, Alonso in eighth. And then I think, this is going to be probably the, the wildest one, but then I think Mick Schumacher is going to be ninth. I think he's going to be kind of right towards the top of the mid-pack. I think he's going to get maybe one podium this year. And then this goes back to, I think there's going to be a lot of parity in the field. It's going to look a lot like IndyCar in some ways from race to race. It's going to be just totally different one to another. So I think that Schumacher is going to snag a podium somehow. It might be a crazy race, but I think it's going to happen. Um, he will be ninth in the championship, followed by Vettel. I think Vettel's going to refine some of his form this year. Um, obviously, it's been lacking the last couple of years. The car hasn't been great. I think the car's going to be just okay. I think it's going to be a nightmare to drive the first few races that Aston Martin. I think it's going to be really, really tif- difficult. I think it's going to be fast. I think they're going to have a fast top three, four, five car. Um, as far as cars are concerned, I think it'll be rel- top half at least. So I think it'll be a fast car, but I think it's going to be very hard to get it to the finish without issue. I think it's going to be very hard to drive. Um, and I think Vettel is going to start coming to grips with that. And I think he's going to um, really shine at a few races this year. Uh, so I think he'll be 10th. Uh, Pierre Gasly, I think, will be 11th. I think that 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 um, Alpha Torre is not going to be that not great. I think it'll be okay. It's going to have its moments. Um, I think he's going to really outperform the car. I think that car is going to be just tough. I think it's going to be really, really tough this year. Um, and I think he's going to put in a couple of decent, a couple strong races, a top five here and there, you know, that type of thing. And that'll just accrue him enough points along with, you know, consistent ninths and tenths and that kind of stuff. Um, and he'll be there. I think you have Kevin Magnuson next. Um, I think he's going to be really hot and cold. Uh, I think that his his reacclimation of Formula One is going to be a little challenging, um, and I think he's going to drop a lot of points to Schumacher at the start, and he'll be 
Um, I think he's going to start to find his groove, but it's going to be just very streaky. Um, next, I think it'll be Lance Stroll. Um, again, I think he's that same Aston Martin. It's going to be real tough to drive. Stroll's an underrated driver. I think he's better than he's given credit for, but he's not Sebastian Vettel. So I think he, he's going to have a couple good races, and, but that's, that's going to be about it. Next, I think, will be the two McLarens. I think that the McLaren is going to show flashes of brilliance, but it's going to be a real tough road for that car. It, it, I think they're going to have some major reliability issues. I think it's not going to be all that fast at the start. I think it's going to have some development available, but I think Norris will be 14th. Daniel Ricciardo will be 15th in a massive step back for McLaren. Uh, I hope I'm wrong, but that's what I'm seeing here. Um, and, I, and just to clarify, I think these points are all going to be very, very tight. I don't think this is going to be a situation where McLaren has like eight points at the end of the year. I think they're going to be like the, the gap from like Ocon and sixth down to like Ricardo and 15th is going to be like 40, 50 points. I think it's going to be, which is relatively small. Um, sort of, maybe, maybe a little less than that even. Um, and I think Valtteri Botas will be 16th. I think, the Alfa Romeo is going to be just whatever. Nothing special. I think he'll just grab points here and there. Um, Alex Albon would be who I think is going to be next. The Williams will be much like the Alfa Romeo, just okay. Um, he'll he'll have some real good races, but that'll be about it. I think Latifi will be next. Um, it, just doing Latifi things, he'll get a point here and there. He'll probably end up with around 10 points at the end of the year, I think. Um, and then next is... And I'm sorry, I'm going to really get this wrong as far as pronunciation. Uh, but Zhu um, Guanyu, uh, I will learn how to pronounce that this weekend <laughs> uh, during the race. Uh, I'll pay attention to how to pronounce it because I know I got that wrong. I think he uh, will, will. I think he'll be fine. I think he'll probably put in some really hot qualifying efforts from what I know about him, which is admittedly very little. Um, I think that he will um, be a good. I think Botas will be a great um, teammate. For him, because I think Rodas is very underrated, but I think uh, Zoo is gonna, um, yeah, I think, I think he'll uh, he'll start showing some something for him, and I, I think he'll be competitive with Botas, but I think Botas has just got too much experience and is too good of a driver, and that'll be that'll be that. Then in the twentieth, I have Yuki Sonoda, and the reason for that is I don't think he's going to last the full year, and that is a wild guess um, because I, I think he's on a little bit of a short leash as it stands because he showed some good pace last year but he made a lot of mistakes he underperformed compared to Gasly and Gasly was very good Gasly's showed it last year he's very very good um but I think that they are going to demand somebody who can who can take the fight to Gasly so I think I think Sonoda's going to last around half the season and unfortunately I think he'll he'll lose that seat to someone else don't know who that'll be um so I, I just put him at the back as kind of a I don't know how many points he'll have to that point, but I, that's that's my thought there. So that's uh, my totally wrong, completely incorrect predictions for everybody this season. Um, I don't I don't have any faith that I'll get even one of those right. <laughs> so kind of just having some fun with it. Um, but it's going to be. I, I think this is going to be the best Formula One season we've seen. I mean, last year was really good for the top two, but I think the rest of the of the season, the rest of the field was not that interesting, comparatively speaking. It, it was fine. It was a typical Formula One season that happened to have an incredible championship battle. I think this year the championship battle will not be quite as good, but I think race to race it will be much more exciting. 
I think it's going to be a really, really good season for that. I think a lot of people are going to stand on the podium this year. I think we're going to see damn near half the field, maybe more than that, get at least one podium. Um, I think we'll see six or seven, eight drivers win a race. I think both Ferrari drivers, both Red Bull drivers, both Mercedes drivers at minimum win races. And then I think you'll see, um, as I mentioned, I think both Alpine drivers are going to win a race. Um, I mean, that's that's eight drivers right there. And then a surprise here and there, you know, um, I think that it's it's really, really possible. Um, especially if we get some wrenches thrown in early in the season, safety cars, these early races at weird times, uh, rain, um, you know, and just, just there's there's some weird, some of these kind of off tracks, you know, stuff that isn't usual. You know, Bahrain, we've been running it long enough now that everybody kind of knows this track pretty well. But then we go to Saudi Arabia again in that weird street circuit, super high-speed craziness of a track. That could be anybody's race. Australia, right after that, we haven't been in Australia in two years, um, and they've made some changes. And Australia is already crazy anyways. Um, you know, so we'll see it not being the first race. Is it going to be crazy again? Does it, does it lose some of its charm not being the first race? I mean, I, personally, I, I loved Australia as the opener. So I'm bummed that it's not, um, but you know, it'll, um, I, I think that race will be nuts. Um, <laughs> like it kind of always is. Um, and then we go to Imola, which is a little bit of a unique track these days. And then the new race in Miami, um, street circuit, but it's kind of got some permanent corners, um, really an odd layout going around hard rock stadium there. So I think, I think the first five rounds are going to be craziness it wouldn't surprise me if we have five different winners in the first five races um i think that's probably not super likely but i would i wouldn't be shocked um and it's really not until we get to spain that things start to settle down um you, you know spain's a very traditional type of track um, but then monaco's right after it which is not um and then it just goes from there you know there's so many races this year and there's so many opportunities for surprises you know, when you start getting towards the end of the season, you know, Monza's always unique. Um, Singapore's back this year. And, uh, you know, there's and there's just, there's so many, there's so many opportunities for um, for surprise winners and surprise podium finishers and all, all sorts of stuff. So I expect this to be a very, very exciting, very interesting year. I think the racing's going to be great. I can't wait. Um, really excited to see the racing this weekend. And then, of course, we'll be back um, next Monday to recap it all and to see how completely wrong I was when, like, Alfa Romeo wins and Botas wins by a minute. <laughs> you know, Yuki Sonata's on, on the podium and, you know, and, and uh, everything's just completely different. But, um, you know, I, I think we have a pretty pretty decent hierarchy. The top teams are the top teams for a reason is something I always say. So it's it's not going to just suddenly make the backmarkers be front runners it just isn't how it works so um i'm like i'm looking forward to it it's gonna be a great great weekend of racing with formula one coming back and indycar texas and nascar the new atlanta uh this is good this is a fun weekend first weekend where they're all racing they all got good good potential for, for exciting races so it's gonna be a good one thank you everyone again for tuning in we'll be back next monday and every monday for the rest of the racing season this has been uh, Patrick with Growler Garage. Thanks for tuning in.